Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. On Monday's podcast, you heard the beginning of our interview with Andre Ivanov, the founder and leader of Flash Love and Spartan Challenge. He leads young men from ages 13 to 21 through an intense time of training on how to be a godly man. As promised, here is part two of that interview. What kind of effects have you seen on these young, young men? I mean, I, maybe there's a story, whatever, I don't know. But what, what kind of things do you, do you see? I, I love it when uh, I'm teaching someone something and, uh, and you can just, like you said, you can see it click. You can see it just, just you can see it in their eyes almost, you know, uh, of when they actually get it. What, um, what kind of effect are you seeing on these young men? I can share a lot of that, you know, I'm just, just from this, you know, s- simplistic uh, kind of, you know, outlook, not even understanding, you know, what, what the whole thing's about, let's say to a bystander, just seeing these guys hold their head higher is a huge aspect. And I'm not talking from a pompous, you know, look what I've done, but, but just simply being comfortable in their, in their skin. We have so many boys um, or, or boys that are trapped in, in, in grown men's bodies um, that, that don't even know, they can't even look someone in the eyes. There's just such sad uh, uh, stance or, or posture about, about, you know, people in our, in our society. And, um, and so, and so some of the effects, you know, in, in the, the main one that, that I would say is, is simply just having the self-respect. I mean, I'll just give you, you know, uh, another example here. We just uh, got back from this, you know, from this trip. And uh, while we were on this, uh, on this national mission, uh, we visited a, a church. It was uh, out in Florida. Um, it was one of our one of our rest stops that we made um, after uh, after hitting the, the the two you know large uh, towns that we were working in. And so we hit this little church uh, out in Destin. It was an outdoor church, you know, kind of like this in this amphitheater kind of area. And so these elderly ladies were were greeting our boys. You know, they didn't know because uh, they were sitting in, in two different areas initially. Mm-hmm. And so these elderly ladies came up to, to our boys. And shook their hand. You know, came up to them and greeted them. Said, "Thank you so much for visiting us," and so on. And um, and and I'm hearing the second hand from one of our one of our guys. And so she she came to them uh, to the two first that were sitting a little bit separate, and then came you know to uh, to the other group to the main group that was uh, that was there. There was nine of us that were traveling. Um, and she said, "Oh my gosh, like I, I'm just so I'm just so uh, uh, happy to see that when I approach youth." Those and she she mentioned you know to those two boys that she just spoke with uh, our our junior guys, she says they looked me in the eyes and and they and they honored me with with their conversation you know just just simply just holding that eye contact. Hmm. I mean that just, I'll give you that just that one, um, but I can give you another one uh, where where we have boys who are selling their video game consoles where they used to mock maybe some of our some of our leaders because their brother you know the brother or the older brother or younger brother joined first. And, and he would be mocked by his siblings or some, maybe by some friends. The next thing you know is he's now recruited and going through. Hmm. And he's now letting go of his, you know, foolish, you know, kind of ignorant ways. And he's saying, you know what, I want to, I want to, I want to become better. And so that's a, that's a, one of those, or a, a, the third example that I was able to bring up. And there's more um, about the change that begins to happen in their lives is taking ownership. We teach them what it means to have authority 
and it has nothing to do with controlling someone. We teach our young men that authority comes from taking responsibility for oneself and, and those around him. That's, that's just so good. It's just so good. Tell us, tell us more about how you recruit these guys and how, how young men can get involved. I mean, is it a situation where, um, I mean, I've, I've heard that, that men will join a gang, let's say for the camaraderie of it. And they Mm -hmm. stay in a gang because of the camaraderie of it. It is, is that what um, initially gets people involved even here in, in the fact that, hey, you could be a part of something uh, greater than yourself? And, and wow, you know, there, there's there's this camaraderie uh, uh, about these guys or, you know, tell us more about that. So the short answer is yes, the camaraderie is definitely huge. Quite a few people ask me this question. How do you recruit these guys? Because our growth is exponential. And I'm going to I'm going to say a couple of shocking you know numbers right now. That, that you may not believe, nor many of your listeners. Um, the recruitment, like, it, it's it's over. Like, what has happened and what is happening right now, it's over. And, and who is it over for? I'm talking to the wicked, crooked people in our communities and, and, and across our nation. It is over. Because we are prepared to raise up a battalion, which is 800 men, in the next year. Hmm. We are prepared to raise up 12,500 young men across our Portland metropolitan area Mm. because the recruitment is not happening from Andre. The recruitment is happening through the youth because they feel something. They see something. They begin to, to have hope in their hearts and the biggest change. I mean, I don't have the plan of sustaining that kind of number. And I have an idea of how it could happen. I mean, we have the, the rollouts, the, 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 the progression structure, but I'm talking about, I don't have the funding. I don't have all of the staff. I know we'll get there. But what is happening right now and the fire that has caught in these young men's hearts. So so when it comes to this this wicked agenda, you know, that, that these schools are pushing and completely demoralizing our boys to, you know, I mean, I, I don't need to go into the details of, of just what happens in our high schools. Most parents know, at least some. You watch some YouTube videos or whatever that you see. And, and you see the perversion and, and destruction and, and, and they don't want them. The, the, they hate to see themselves that way. Mm. So when they hear about these young men who are taking it to these levels, who are running the first half marathons when they've never ran before, there's mm. something real that's happening. So that's the fire that's catching. And, mm. and they don't even know the depth of the good that is coming out of this. And we'll go into that later. Yeah, that that's that's great. Let me ask you a little bit more to go into depth about what you were just talking about, as far as you know, there being like outside influences that may distract these guys. Uh, do 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 you see a lot of that? I mean, there's definitely that. Uh, we are we are fighting. You know, I mean, it's it's a spiritual warfare. I mean, anyone yep. anyone that is in tune with with that understands that's that's the real battle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the game industry is, I mean, just straight up, I'm going to call it for what it is. It's demonic. I, I, it, it's, it, it has, and I know, I, and you know, for those that, that, that play good video games, you know, play like, I know there's games like SimCity and self, some kind of self-development and things like that. I know that there's good games, but I know, I know the, the, the gaming industry is pumping so much money and there's so much wickedness that is coming through those channels. It can be taken over by the way, and it should, Mm. 
get taken over by good people. And I know that the time is coming to when that may happen. Um, but the gaming industry alone is it's, it's becomes such a dependency, you know, with our youth and uh, so much, so much, uh, you know, so, so, so much breakdown is happening because their just mind is completely engulfed in that to where parents lose, you know, any sense of control and touch with the child, you know, and even, even more so, uh, the, the, the spiritual community, whether it's the church or, or other. Hmm. Yeah. So you, you said a little bit earlier that each team concentrates on a local, uh, like a district or in a regional neighborhood mm -hmm. and even nationally. So, um, how do, how do these areas receive help? Uh, Tell us a little more, maybe even about as these guys get out uh, on the mission field, as you call it, uh, uh -huh. what, what happens there? Okay, so your, your question, uh, if I may re rephrase it just for myself, um, mm -hmm. what what are the steps that begin to happen once they get into the teams and the, the uh, engage in the local missions? Is that your question? Right, yes. Okay, so yeah, so so once they, so post-graduation, they get the rank, they, they get assigned their team, um, the leadership is leadership is now set in place because, and the thing is, there's a, there's something different that happens locally than it does regionally. Just because we have much more manpower and much more structure to be able to support something like that on a local level, as opposed to you know going out regionally where we have maybe one team um, of four or ten. So so uh, yeah, so on a on a local uh, level, uh, what we have is that they're working in. Um, the smallest unit is uh, a team of four, sometimes five, um, young men. So they have a team leader, and the team leader will will often have a team trainer assistant um, with him, depending you know, on, on that progression. And then most junior members call it the, the, the team member. Um, so the team member typically is either the most, either like a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old who isn't quite you know there to carry that leadership you know role. Um, uh or or just scored you know very very low um in, you know coming out of that that spartan challenge and so he is just where he is as, as he, his progression begins or continues rather so so uh once they're now in teams we have our entire county um we started mapping out uh oregon as well meaning the the portland metro but all of clark county right now is mapped out where we have we have the entire region uh, mapped by these high school boundaries. So we take existing high school boundaries and we utilize them as territories, okay? Mm -hmm. And so each high school boundary is broken down into four quadrants and each quadrant is four sectors. So essentially every high school boundary, let's say Fort Vancouver High School has 16 sectors. So that's multiple neighborhoods often in each of those sectors. So we take we, we assign an entire squad, which is nine men. So two teams get assigned in it, uh, this smallest smallest territory, which we call sectors. And so the work then begins. Now I'm going to answer your question. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they do these four things. They knock on doors and build relationships. All right, that gives them an ability. So for the boys, it gives them an ability to have this contact with the community. All right, and mm -hmm. they say this is who we are. And here's what we're doing in your community. And by the way, we do this because Jesus loves you. And so what that does is opens a door to a conversation. And, and you know, the youth come in with different levels of maturity. But 
but the spiritual growth does not stop as they leave um, the Spartan Challenge mm -hmm. because we're driving identity there, truth, right? Mm -hmm. Truth and then acting out, you know, also uh, or living that out with love and compassion. So, so um, the first part is, is relational. And so that opens a door to that senior that's been shut in, to that, to that maybe single mom, you know, or to that, you know, to whoever that, that person is that, that's behind those doors. And often those are kids, their age. And so they knock on those doors. And so the youth are building a relationship with the community. And sometimes that mom asks, hey, can my son come with you? Can my daughter come with you? And we do have, you know, youth that will never go through the Spartan Challenge, you know, whether it's, you know, girls or, or us or guys. That would that will simply come the following week or come out with the following week with our youth and serve. So relationship is is important and most important. Mm -hmm. The third the three the three other things that I'll share are simply backing up what I have just uh, or, or the first part. And so the second thing they do simultaneously while knocking on doors and building relationships is they're they're quite literally picking up trash and cleaning that community because we see it as as this way. If this is Jesus's city then we might as well treat it as such. And if this was Jesus' city, then I would not let trash infest this place. And so trash cleanup is, is immediately the next step that they begin to do. The, the third thing is when they see uh, graffiti, uh, walls, fences, you know, um, uh, roadways, they document by taking a photo and, and uh, a description of across streets of where that's at, and then they send it up to the squad leader. Because within the next few weeks, that kicks out a work order to where to where um, the back, you know, the the preliminary work is done of you know whose property is this? Is this something that needs to get painted, pressure wash, or whatever? And we obviously lean on the resources that we have, um, and, and and so on. So so graffiti is the next one, and then and then the the fourth one is where there are neglected or abandoned yards that also they 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 pull. Um, uh, this information on that particular home, who is it, you know, what's the situation, what's going on, and if it's, uh, you know, uh, a, a single mother that's fallen in hard times, um, you know, uh, a, an elderly person or someone that is disabled and simply just not able to take care of their of their yard. And so to take the, the, the pressure off of off of them, you know, whether it's code enforcement or the neighbors that are hounding them for for uh, the work that's not being done and making their property devalued or whatever, we're able to come in and then and then leave a testimony for that place, so that forever that neighborhood will be touched by the hand of God because we chose to partner with Him. Oh, that's awesome! Now, tell me a little bit. Uh, have you, because you're saying you're going out, you're doing all this trash cleanup, you're doing you know all these things that these guys are doing. Um, have you hit any roadblocks, maybe from? I don't know, government, government agencies or, or anything like that, that you're just like, you know, they, they're wanting to, to not stop you from doing what you're doing, but you know, so much red tape can happen that <laughs> in a way of, of doing things. Have you, have you experienced that kind of thing yet? Oh, sure. We've experienced all kinds of stuff. Um, let me just put it this way. This may not be uh, a, a diplomatic, you know, diplomatic, diplomatically correct answer, but I'm going to say it this way. I ask less questions. Um, and so, because when you ask a lot of questions, they give you a lot of a lot of uh, answers. And uh, typically, when when uh, an official gives you an answer, they're answering you um, from a from a place of a fear, meaning protecting themselves because everything they say could be held, you know, they could be held accountable for. So sometimes you just have to ask less questions and just do the right thing because it's the right thing. And some people think that's crazy. I think it's right because because if if whatever system used to work 
I'm looking at the streets, I'm looking at the highways, it's not working. So um, I, as a citizen, um, just need to do the right thing. Um, so that's that's my short answer for your good question. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so now you you had said that there's some really neat things, n- new things that are that are happening within the Spartan Challenge. Maybe you can go into even more on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, gosh, um, what's developing? So there's a there's a couple things that are developing, and uh, um, so so they're happening post Spartan Challenge. So Spartan Challenge, uh, as we've talked, you know, already that's the launch pad. That's the that's the foundational aspect of of everything it is that we do, and that and that actually helps us stack other points to it, the progression points. And so the new development things um, is awesome, and uh, specifically uh, those things are. So we are developing um, and and have and, and have built a very powerful relationships uh, with the business community, and also. Also, a, a few a few uh, relationships that I don't even know how to describe them correctly, um, but we have we have um, opportunity uh, apprenticeship opportunities for our boys uh, to not just receive work because all the boys that are coming through, all of them will will have the ability to get connected through our network and and, and receive uh, jobs. Because as they're taking ownership, as they're maturing, as they're growing as individuals, many of them are like, man, I've never held a job, never even considered a job, but here I am, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I need to start, you know, uh, not living off of mom and dad. And so, and so that there's a change that begins to happen. And so, and so through our networks, um, boys are actually, actually literally receiving jobs, you know, and, and through, through that. But there's a bigger thing that happens um, in this progression. And this is, again, this is post uh, Spartan Challenge. And that is um, when they get to uh, a squad leader, which with us is a level three leader. Um, so a squad leader, um, among having more responsibility and, and uh, you know, ranking all, and all the rest that comes with it, um, he actually has an ability to go through an internship course and get trained up in, in the trades and or technical uh, fields. Hmm. And so we're, we're actually offering our men an ability to become self-sustainable independent and so i say this in, in with so much just just enthusiasm and excitement because see what and i don't want to say the government's doing this there's wicked people who have who have uh taken over our government uh um you know positions of government and and uh let, you know at, at levels all across the board mm-hmm. and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to create dependence and so that's why you're hearing this victim mindset that is teach, you know, taught at school, that is preached all across, you know, the media ways. And so everybody's now a victim because that's some kind of social class, I guess, that people, you know, get to have. And that's why you create dependence. That's why you create these welfare cases and so on, because you can control people that you don't, that you own. And so that's what our system's doing. So when we create independent men with, the, in, you know, in the right context, you know, in goodness of God, dependent on God, but independent on on. On, the, on others and the system, we are creating a strong. We're re, we're we're stabilizing a strong family unit, and we're 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 recreating and stabilizing a strong community, a strong city, and a strong nation. Hmm. And and what we're doing here at a local level by creating these these apprenticeship opportunities. I mean, there's some stuff that's that's kind of premature because I mean we're going into some uh, high level meetings. Uh, um, Monday, um, specifically in, in, in the logging industry. I mean, some mind blowing stuff that is happening where 
we're getting an, an end where a lot of uh, a lot of these you know these forests that have been burned and literally just you know there, there's there's I mean to me this is so new it just it, it's it's it, I'm, I'm ecstatic right now wow. where there's this these massive you know companies that are donating uh, logs to us um, as a nonprofit organization and and we're partnered with with an engineering firm and our boys are learning how to run sawmills like portable sawmills. We're wow. teaching our boys how to how to and, and not just create lumber. I'm talking the, where they're building out timber frame kits and selling them for high value dollars. We're teaching our boys how to how to become business owners. We're teaching our boys how to have marketable skills. The change in America has come, Doug. There's something huge, and that's just one example. I can go on for a while telling you about just telling you about what is happening across the board, from from. Um, godly business owners who are stepping up and saying hey i will take on x amount of you know apprentices i will take on this many this many in all these different fields high tech and high tech low tech and in, in, in the trades and so we're 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 giving our boys an ability to avoid going to college you know for these expensive basket you know basket weaving degrees um and actually take on something beautiful that they can work with their hands in a short amount of time and not walk out with a ninety thousand dollar debt and no marketable, you know, uh, degree to do anything with. Mm. Wow. That is so exciting. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I wish we had even more time. I, I you know, I will definitely, uh, want to in- interview you again in the future and, and see what, uh, you know, has take, taken place. Obviously there's some really neat things that are just beginning to happen now. And I cannot wait to see how, how that blossoms. Uh, what if somebody wants to get involved in the Spartan Challenge, uh, how how would they do that? Okay, yeah. So so uh, getting involved in the Spartan Challenge. So right now, um, we're I guess by that time the best the best approach would be to go through the, our um, website, uh, flashlove.org would be one, and there's a volunteer option where uh, where we're actually modifying specifically for the Spartan Challenge uh, youth. And um, so that's that's one way. Um, another way would be to go through our uh, you know, Instagram uh, flash underscore love Instagram page, and they and they direct message you know on that. Uh, that's a way to you know to be able to to get processed because that's that that just gets gets channeled um, to our admin gal Sarah, um, and or uh, through Facebooks. But but the the website uh, long term and within the next few weeks is going to be probably the best route to go because it's going to be a lot more systematic. There's going to be a lot more details on that than anywhere else. We will have to pause the interview one last time right here. Are you now starting to see why I had to talk with this man? Andre Ivanov is calling people to action. He is making a huge difference in the lives of these young men. But it's not only these young men that he's having an effect on. As you know, many of our major cities with the Pacific Northwest, definitely no exception, have terrible liberal leaders that are crushing the hope and character of their cities. Homelessness, drug use, and graffiti everywhere. But instead of just complaining about it, Andre is doing something about it. And if you would like to help, you can contact him at flashlove.org, on Instagram at flash underscore love, or on their Facebook page. Or you can even email Andre at andre.ivanov, that's A-N-D-R-E-Y dot Ivanov, I-V-A-N-O-V, 
6784 at gmail.com. Come back Friday to hear the conclusion of our interview with Andre Ivanov. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.